Welcome to the Well-Bred Rapids Message of the Week. We hope you are encouraged, strengthened, and experience the presence of God through this message by Friend of the Well, Jamie Galloway. All right, good morning. Okay. Well, you came back for some more punishment. Here we go. We're going to have a great morning. We already have. Man, I could just go home right now. That was awesome. What an amazing time of worship. How many of y'all were so blessed? I was so blessed. Now, I, am a, I, I have a problem because I'm a revelator. And I, anybody a revelator in here? Whenever the Spirit of God is present, you start to get ideas. All of a sudden, God downloads to you different ideas and things. And you start to think about not just a checklist of, you know, what you need to do for your you know, grocery shopping this week or any of that type of stuff or what you need to buy on Amazon.com, but something that God is downloading to you, something he's speaking to your spirit. And so we're going to jump in today. I'm a revelator, and I want you to be as well. God wants to give you ideas. He wants to give you something that is going to transform the world, and he wants to give you uh, a, a download, a heavenly download. In fact, when Moses was up on the mountain, God gave him the blueprints for the tabernacle. And he says, build according to the heavenly pattern which you have seen. So they were always encouraged to build according to the heavenly pattern. And there is a heavenly pattern. That's why the Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. Don't be conformed to this world, the patterns of this world, because the patterns of this world are fading. They're failing. They're literally phasing out at, as we speak. But the things that are going to last are the things of the kingdom. And so he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be metamorpho. This word, metamorpho, is an interesting word because so often we hear it nowadays, we don't even realize it. Facebook just changed its name to meta. You know, there's so many, uh, so many things right now speaking to us about this metamorphosis that God wants to actually bring us through. And it's like a butterfly as it begins to become that, that creature out of the creepy crawling phase to the phase where it can fly. It goes through the metamorphosis. It goes through the metamorpho. And you and I are being transformed by the renewing of our mind. But then it says also to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Because your mind has a supernatural intelligence. It doesn't just have a natural intelligence. As a spirit, it, there's a spiritual component to your mind, to your will, to your emotions, to your imagination. There's a spiritual component. And so God wants to awaken that in you so that you begin to soar in this season. You begin to dream and see beyond what everyone else sees. You're not conformed to the image of this world, but you're conformed to the image of Christ. Because the, the world is constantly trying to give you an image. What do you want to look like in this season? How do you want your, your body to be? How do you want, you know, what kind of car do you want to drive? All of that type of stuff. What kind of home do you want to live in? What kind of brand of clothes do you want to wear? Those are all according to the image of this world. But when we exit, it's like taking the red pill. 
We come out of the matrix of society and we begin to see the world for what it really is. And so God wants to begin to pull the wool off our eyes so that we can see clearly in this season, that we can have vision, that things that have been plaguing us, the cloud, if I could call it this, the fog of war that has literally confused our vision would be lifted and we would begin to see. We would not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's a transformation happening. There's a transformation happening. I go, you know, one of the wealthiest nations in the world is Qatar. It's, it's uh, per capita, it's the wealthiest of all. And, it, and the opulence is absolutely outrageous. Gold and money and cars and all sorts of things. But of all things, everybody wears the same outfit. Men have their certain attire. Women have their certain attire. And these are Qatari people. And they all pretty much drive the same vehicle. Now, there's very little diversity in the vehicles that they drive because they've been conformed to a pattern that's their society says, this is what it's like to live at your best. So they are conformed to the image of what they see. But he says, don't be conformed to this world. Be metamorphosed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed, and when you are transformed, you have something begin to happen to you. You start to live this ascended life, an ascended life. There's an ascended life. Now, in life, we have two different wavelengths. We have vertical and we have horizontal. We are moving both vertical and horizontal at the same time. I want to reach out to my neighbor. I want to reach out to the world around me. I want to live a horizontal life, but I don't want that to be my cap. I want to live a vertical life. I want to live the ascended life. I want to live the life that Jesus has paid for, the life that I have in Christ. And so he says, in order to get that, you've got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we get that? What does that look like? Come on, am I talking to somebody this morning? Because God wants to give you the spirit of a sound mind. It's not just the ability to think practically. <laughs> because the spirit of a sound mind is not just practical thinking. Otherwise, we would just say, you know, everybody just think practically and you'll be spiritual. It's not about that. It's actually thinking the thoughts of faith. Thinking the thoughts of faith. We're not conformed to the image of this world the way that this world says, think this way, believe this way, buy this thing. All of those things that are trying to constantly get in your head. It's the noise. And it's just constantly bombarding us. And we don't even realize it. How many have ever put on a pair of noise-canceling headphones and all of a sudden the noise that you didn't know was there is suddenly gone and you're like, whoa. I didn't even know there was a hum in the background. I didn't even know there was a noise in the background. I didn't even know there was that, whoa, this is what quiet sounds like. God wants to begin to give you the ability to tune out so you can tune in. So that you no longer think according to the pattern of this world. You, you begin to see beyond. See, it's so interesting how... You know, you could be listening to the same thing as somebody else is listening to. 
uh, especially on the news these days, and, and some politician gets up and they're spouting things, and you're like, that is like blatantly false. And the person right next to you is like, wow, that's good. What's going on? They're hearing something different than you're hearing because their ears are tuned to the frequency of deception. And they see deception as information. So what do we need to do? We need to get rid of this confusion that has gotten a hold of our hearts and begin to move into the pattern that God has created, the heavenly things, the way that heaven operates. Come on, are you hearing me? So God has created all things, and he's put all things in purpose for its time. Every season, every time has a purpose under heaven. Ecclesiastes 3 tells us this. And what's interesting about time, you cannot separate time, space, and matter. They're all literally linked together as if they're moving simultaneously in the same direction. Time, space, and matter. So they now have a telescope that's going up into outer space. It just went up a couple weeks ago. It's the James Webb Telescope. Has anybody heard about this? It's a fascinating thing. It's over a billion dollars of technology. And they put it up in the atmosphere. They've literally launched it like a satellite. And now it's unfolding as we speak. It's going to take about six months for it to unfold. It literally has been, it, it, it has a, a mechanism that it, 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 in order to protect itself at its launch, it wasn't completely opened like a flower. It's opening right now. And it'll take about six months. And in six months' time, they're going to be able to see further than ever before than the Hubble telescope, anything else that we've ever used, and further into space than ever before because they're going to use sort of an infrared technology in order to see. So they're going to be able to identify different lights and different wavelengths that they haven't been able to see because when you try to use a telescope on Earth's atmosphere to see in the outer space, you get interference. And the outer space, the layer above our Earth's atmosphere, literally blocks certain types of wavelengths coming into Earth. So we can't see that far. But they're saying that they're going to be able to see hundreds of thousands, if not millions and billions of years, light years away into outer space, a crazy, crazy astronomical feat. But they're not just saying that we're going to see far as if we're going to see a distance, but we're also going to see back in time. Because the, the image that will be captured by the telescope is actually the image of something that happened maybe 100,000 years ago. A million years ago. So it's not that just you're seeing far, but you're also seeing a far back in time. And so they're going to have to process this. And there's all this sort of conspiracy about what they're going to do and what they're going to say. In fact, NASA just had a council of 24 theologians, Bible-believing theologians. NASA did this. This is not conspiracy. This is on mainstream news. NASA did this, had a had a panel of 24 theologians, Bible-believing theologians, to basically try to field from these theologians what, what people of faith believe about alien life. And so they're trying to sort of 
set the stage, you know? What if we do find something? What does that look like? How do we, how do we communicate it to people of faith? Because you can imagine, I mean, people, people of faith can't, it's like anything that is different than the world around us, that we know it shakes us to the core, it rocks us, and we go, oh, I don't, I don't know if I can believe that anymore. Oh my gosh, I don't even know if God's real. But even if that was real, doesn't mean Jesus is not king. He is still king. And he's king of the cosmos. He's king of all the heavens. He's king of all the earth. He's not just king of Jerusalem. He's king of the nations. He's king of all the earth. And he's king of the cosmos. And so we have to understand that there's a lot of things that are going to be presented to us in this next season that might shake us, but it shouldn't shake the kingdom out of us. Are you hearing me? Come on. It's like people nowadays want to believe the illusion because it's comfortable. It's comfortable. It's not comfortable to talk about some, you know, formula pandemic that was concocted in a lab by some mad scientists and that went around the world. It's not comfortable. It's more comfortable to talk like some people ate a bat hot dog and it became sort of a viral thing. No, 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 no. That's not comfortable. That, 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 that is a false reality. Are you hearing me? But because we like comfort and we want an explanation that we can attach to, if, anyone, if anything comes against that explanation, we're like, I can't handle it. So we've got to grow up so that we can handle some uncomfortable truths in this time, right? That way we can think like the kingdom. Give it to me straight so that I can go, God, where are you? Give it to me straight. I don't want it buttered up. I don't want it, I, I don't want it nice and soft and comfy. I want it straight. Then I can go, okay, Jesus, where are you in this situation? Where are you in this situation? And so we have to begin to think like the kingdom and begin to see what the kingdom is saying. Amen? So the Bible tells us in Ephesians 5 that we are to redeem the time because the days are evil. What? How did the days get evil? It says that in verse 15, see that you walk circumspectly, circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, verse 16, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And then it goes on, and it basically talks about don't be careless and get, get, start getting drunk, because what happens is you start to lose your grip on reality. You start to, you start to live recklessly. Don't, don't get caught up in the things of this world. If those things are taking a hold of your heart and, and literally corrupting your vision, or don't, don't let that happen. Don't let that happen. And so he says, redeem the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So how do we operate out of redeemed time? We understand what the will of the Lord is. We understand what his will is. Suddenly, there's a redemption of time. Now, when God created the heavens and the earth, the Bible says that he made two, two time periods, day and night. 
And he put the sun, the lights in their place, but he didn't actually do the sun and the moon and the stars until the fourth day. So the light and the day existed before the sun, moon, and stars came into place. So light and day. So God separated the light from, from, from the darkness. He separated the day from the night. And the Bible tells us this, that God called the day good, but he did not call the night good. Isn't that interesting? So it's not just talking about the moon and the stars and all that type of stuff. It's talking about a spiritual reality, a spiritual realm, the day and the night. That's why Jesus would, would say, you are of the day, you are not of the night. Therefore, do not walk as those who are in darkness, but walk as if you are children of the day. So he's saying, you are children of the day. You live, literally live on the, on the light side of the spirit realm. Are you hearing me? Okay. This is not theory. This is real. So we're, we're walking circumspectly, which means I'm going to keep my antennas up. I'm going to be spiritually aware. I'm not going to let anything creep in and literally corrupt my vision. I've got, I've got vision. I've got faith this year. I've got, I've got a tenacity. I'm going to keep my eyes open because I'm of the day. I'm not of the night where I keep my eyes closed. I'm going to keep my eyes open. God, show me something. Let me see like you see. Come on, are you hearing me? So we have to understand that Time has fallen out of its original glory. And so he says, redeem the time. Get it saved. Like someone coming to an altar call at a Billy Graham crusade. Redeem the time. Get it saved. Let it run to Jesus. Give him your time, and then your time will be redeemed. It will be upgraded back to its original value. Come on. I want to be in step with this, the, the things of God. I want to be literally in sync with the timing of God. Time is so important. Listen, there's a, you, can have, you can make money. You can lose money, right? You can, you can uh, make friends. You can lose friends. But you can never make more time. You can lose time, but you can never make more time. So what does he say? He says, redeem the time. It's the most precious commodity. Redeem the time because the days are evil. So what do you do? Because there's a lot of variables happening all at once when it comes to time. There's time that is linear. It's happening, and we are moving through it. But then there's, there's other types of understanding of time that is Time is also circular, that we seem to come around to the same mountain over and over and over in our life. And the whole idea is that not we just have to face the same challenges, it's that every time we see that mountain, we're coming up another level and we see it from a different perspective. We have another victory over that same mountain. We come to that same place, and God says, now I'm going to give you even greater victory. We come again to that same place. Now I'm going to give you an even greater victory. And so things are not just linear as in we're moving through time, but things begin to repeat in our life. Have you ever done that where you've gone, God, why do I have to face the same thing over and over and over? 
It's because God wants to give you victory. He wants to give you great victory. And you'll keep seeing things over and over and over, not because you're getting punished, but because God's saying, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. It's like getting, it's, it's like getting a restart at the same level, you know, in the video game. You know, you're like, all right, now I know where the bad guy's hiding. You get to restart at the same level, and then all of a sudden you're moving through it, and you're like, flawless victory. Yes. God wants to give you that. So we have to understand, he is the sovereign ruler of all time. Time is under his supreme authority, and he is actually causing times to, to, to be appropriate for you and I. But what does the Bible say that the Antichrist does? Now, you could talk about a person named the Antichrist or whatever his name is going to be. But there's a spirit called the Antichrist. It's an Antichrist spirit. What is the spirit of the Antichrist trying to do? Change the times and the laws. It will literally try to change time, warp time, get you off time. Come on, are you hearing me? Woo, this is a good message. So we have to understand that the enemy is always attempting to manipulate your time. It's the one thing he's trying to do. He's like, delay of game constantly. Right? Delay of game. A delay of game. Oh, my gosh. Every time there's a delay. There's a little bit more of a delay. Delay of game. Delay. But so now we have to begin to trust God. Not just to get rid of the delay of gain, but to see our understanding of time in the appropriate manner. Renew our mind on time. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Are you hearing me? Man, this is good. I'm getting blessed up here. You're doing a good job, man. Thank you. Thank you. Okay? I'm going to speak over my shadow. Lord... There's, there is something about this that is just getting me because I believe God wants to begin to redeem your time. Are you ready for this? I like uh, Psalm 139, the Passion Translation. I don't read the Passion Translation often, but I, I find that this really captures something so amazing. In Psalm 139, verses 3 through 10, it says, and this is a psalm, as he's, he's, he's communicating to God that you know me, you really know me. He says, you are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book. You know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. Ha, ha, ha. I love that. You know, like best friends or those who finish your sentence. God actually doesn't even finish your sentence. He starts your sentence for you. You know every step I will take before my journey even begins. You've gone into the future to prepare the way, and in kindness you follow behind me to spare me from the hurt of my past. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart blessings to me. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I run and hide from your face? If I go up to heaven, eternity, you're there. If I go down to the, to the realm of the dead, also eternity, you're there too. If I fly with wings into the shining dawn, tomorrow you're there. And if I fly into the radiant sunset yesterday, 
You're there waiting. Wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength will empower me. God goes before you and behind you. I'm not just talking about God is literally behind you. He goes into your past and cleans up the mess so that you can move into your future and not be hindered in any way from any mistake that has ever been done. That's our God. Come on. God doesn't say now you're saved, you're going to have to deal with purgatory. This is going to be just purgatory for the rest of your life, paid for your sins. No, 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 no. God says, I'm going to get rid of your past mistakes. I'm going to clean your slate. I'm going to give you a new credit score. I'm going to literally enable you and impart to you the wisdom and the ability to move forward in your future. And all those dumb things that you thought in the past are just cleared. That's the transformation of the renewing of the month. I no longer think like I did yesterday. Hallelujah. Because I want to tell you, I was stupid yesterday. Compared to the intelligence that God downloaded to me in my sleep last night, I go, man, I wish I knew that yesterday like I know it today. There's an acceleration. And even 10 years ago, how many have vouched for that? You go, man, I wish I knew 10 years ago what I know today. Right? I do that. I'm like, oh, God. But I do that about yesterday. <laughs> I go, God, I wish I knew yesterday what I know today. God goes behind you, and he closes in the gap. He literally seals it. He secures it so that you can move forward. Are you hearing me? This is a good word. I want to show you something because here's the interesting mystery of time. Time is in his hands, and you are in a story. This is what the... I think that was difficult for us to understand that the Bible story is not just something that happened 2,000 years ago. The Bible story is happening right now. We, we may have the canon, but we're still living out the, the Word of God. We're still living out the Spirit of the living God. We're still operating in this present age. And so the Bible story is unfolding still. It's still happening to us. We're not just watching something that happened in the past as though it's just a bunch of information, historic information. We're literally living through time in a way that God has given us a partnership with him to bring his kingdom into this world. And so because of that, we have to understand how God operates with time. One of the hardest things that I found that we don't know how to do is we do not know how to redeem the time. This is so, this is so real. Because we, we are often dealt a hand that we didn't expect. How many know what I'm talking about? Look, you guys felt it this year, right? This last year, you got dealt a hand that you didn't expect. But that doesn't mean God's not in the story. God's not like, oh, what a surprise. God is in the story, and he's writing the story in plain sight. And if you have eyes to see it, you can read the letter. You can literally see the message. And so you have to begin to see from heaven's perspective. Why does it rain in a building? 
If you see from Evan's perspective, yes, it cost money. Yes, it was, it was hard. But heaven is talking. Heaven is saying something. And when you have eyes to see, it's not just that you silver line anything and everything. It's that you literally see what God is trying to say. And God is trying to get a very expensive word across. And guess what? He'll foot the bill. He'll foot the bill. He says, I got, I got a really costly word I want to give you, but I'm going to foot the bill. Oh, come on, Jesus. Somebody say amen. Some lessons you learn, other lessons you buy. God wants to give us an understanding of how he moves through time and he operates. And, and, and so we have to begin to trust him that God, you, I'm giving you my time. That's why I believe it's so important that you have a day of rest. It doesn't have to be on Saturday. It doesn't, it's not just a tip, it's not just the traditional Shabbat. I'm just talking about a day of rest, whether it's Monday or Tuesday. Some days are, yes, I believe in all that stuff, but at the same time, the writer of the New Testament, Paul, he, he, he says, some people honor holier days and this and that. And he says, but, you know, we, to one is one thing, to another is another thing, but Christ is all things. So I can celebrate my Shabbat on a Tuesday. I can do that on a I can I can have a day unto the Lord, and I can celebrate his goodness. That's why it is so important to come to the house of God. Because you are, you are literally reserving a day unto the Lord. Come on, are you hearing me? If you're inconvenienced by that, you're going to get your whole time messed up. Because you're redeeming your week. You're going, God, I give you this day. I'm getting up. I'm going to go. Yes, my favorite team's playing today, but I'm going to go. I want to I I be in the house of God. I want to be in your presence, Lord. I want to worship with those in the congregation. I want to sing the songs, God. I want to worship you and see your face. And when you honor him, in that day, you make that day holy, special, consecrated, and separated to God. Your day begins to be redeemed. Come on, are you hearing me? Lord, I receive the redemption of my time. I receive the redemption of my year. Lord, I receive the redemption of the season. God, I'm not going to live according to the pattern of this world or the timeline of this world. I'm not going to live by what Dr. Fauci says, that this is what the time's going to look. No, 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 no. I'm going, listen, they say it's going to peak on January 9th. I'm, I'm sorry, but it already peaked for me years ago. I'm, I'm like... None of that stuff's going to affect me in Jesus' name. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk in the kingdom. I'm not conformed to the image of this world. Ha! Jesus. So what, what do we do? We, we separate our time to God. Now, here's, here's a very hard story to hear, but it's a good one. In Ezekiel 1, it says in verse 1, Now it came to pass... In the 30th year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month. Wow. I love how the writers of the Old Testament are so specific about times and seasons and days and months. 
They're not just saying, it happens sometime in, in that month. No, they, they're very specific. On the fifth day of the month, on this day, on this time, and, and this year, and then this season. I was, he says, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river Chabar, that the heavens were open, and I saw visions of God. Ha oh, ha! It says, on the fifth day of the month, which was in the fifth year of King Jehoiakim's captivity, the word of the Lord came expressly to Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzi, in the land of the Chaldeans by the river Chebar, and the hand of the Lord was upon him there. God shows up in the middle of their captivity, and all these promises seem irrelevant to them now because they've been hearing for years, you're the chosen people. You're God's chosen. You're going to do something special. Now they're in captivity. And how do they do what they're supposed to do? They're literally stripped from their land. It's like Superman being removed from his planet. He has to do, he has to, what is going on here? I got to learn a new language. I got to learn all this type of new stuff. So they're stripped from their land, stripped from their promise, yet God is not a man that he should lie. So how do you reconcile this? Well, you're moving through time, but it's his time. Because God had determined a time of rest. It was 70 years, according to Jeremiah, but it was 70 years that there were going to be a time of rest. They had not let the land rest. So for every year that they did not let the land rest, every seven years they were supposed to let the land rest, they had to deal with God in exile and let the land rest, and it came to 70 years. So God says, I'm going to let the land rest, and in order to do that, I'm going to take you away. I'm going to carry you away, and you're going to learn something about me, something so different, something you can't get in Israel. You're going to have to get it in Babylon. And so there they are in Babylon, and Ezekiel is by this river worshiping God, and all of a sudden visions are open to him. He sees the Lord in this place of captivity. And God's about to reveal something very powerful to him. It says in verse 4, Then I looked, and behold, a whirlwind was coming out of the north, a great cloud with raging fire engulfing itself, and brightness was all around it, radiating out of its mist like the color of amber in the, in, out of the midst of the fire. Verse 5, And also from within it came the likeness of four living creatures. And this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. Each had four faces and each had four wings. Their legs were straight. The soles of their feet were like the soles of calves' feet. They sparkled like the color of burnished bronze. The hands of a man were under their wings on their four sides, and each one had four faces and wings. Their wings touched one another. The creatures did not turn when they went, but each one went straight forward. My goodness. You're about to hear something so cool. Because we're going, what is going on here? God's got some like hybrid creatures. They have the hands of a man. They have like legs like a man, but then they got like feet like an ox, like a calf's feet. Then they got wings and they got different types of faces. That sounds like a a sci-fi movie. God is awesome. He's got animals around his throne that we don't even know exist. He's got all sorts of living creatures around his throne, beasts of the earth around his throne. 
And so he's there and he's seeing these four living creatures. This is such an important message to him. Why would God show up in this place of captivity and go, hey, check this out. I got some animals. Lift the veil. and l- Oh, wow, God's got animals, guys. <laughs> he's trying to say something to him. As for the likeness in verse 10 of their faces, each had the face of a man. Each, had the, each of the four had the face of a lion on the right side. Each of the four had the face of an ox on the left side. And each of the four had the face of an eagle. Thus were their faces, their wings stretched upward. Two wings of each one touched one another and two covered their bodies. And each one went straight forward and they went wherever the spirit wanted to go. They did not turn when they went. Oh my goodness. Ha! This is, this is so powerful. Verse 15. Now as I looked at the living creatures, behold, a wheel was on the earth beside each living creature with its four faces. The appearance of the wheels and their workings was like the color of barrel, and all four had the same likeness. The appearance of their workings was, as it were, a wheel in the middle of a wheel. When they moved, they went toward any one of the four directions. They did not turn aside when they went. He goes on to describe the rims of these wheels. They were amazing, amazing rims. <laughs> I love it because how often do you see people with the thing, people have cars, nice cars, and the thing that they're most excited about is their rims. And Ezekiel, he's watching this. He's like, this was amazing. Also, their rims. These are 22s, baby. <laughs> So he's fascinated with these rims and these wheels and the wheels within the wheels. And the spirit of the living creatures was within the wheels. Verse 22, the likeness of the firmament above the heads of the living creatures was like the color of an awesome crystal stretched stretched out over their heads. And under the firmament, their wings spread out straight toward one another. This is, this is, oh my goodness, listen to this. He says in verse 27, also the appearance, he's talking about the Lord, verse 26, excuse me, and above the firmament of the heads was the likeness of a throne, in appearance like a sapphire stone. On the likeness of the throne was a likeness with the appearance of a man high above it. There he is, seated on the throne. We know who he is. He is Yahweh, creator God. He is the one who, who literally has sovereign rulership over all the cosmos, and there he is, seated on the throne, and an appearance like a sapphire stone on the likeness of the throne was the likeness of the appearance of a man high above it. And also, from the appearance of his waist upward, I saw, as it were, the color of amber, with the appearance of fire all around it. And from the appearance of his waist downward, I saw, as it were, the appearance of fire with brightness all around it, like the appearance of a rainbow on a rainy day. So, the, so was the appearance of the brightness all around it. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of God. Ha! I want to see God's glory. How many want to see God's glory? I want to see God's glory. Blessed are the pure in heart, says, for they shall see God. I want to see his glory. I want to be one of those on this side of the earth that sees the glory of the Lord. On this side of eternity, that I see the glory of God. I, 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 I want to see him. There's something so special about that. It was such a sacred thing. It was sought after, but also feared. How could you see this living God that 
I thought, if you saw him, you're dead. Well, he says, no man can see my face and live. He didn't say, every man who sees me will die. He says, no man can see my face and live. That means you'll be transformed. You won't live the same way. When you see him, you'll be like him, for you shall see him like he is. When we look at him, all of a sudden we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. We behold him as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, and have been transformed into the same image from glory to glory. We see him, we're transformed, transfigured, literally living in the overflow of God's goodness. Lord, that's why the psalmist said, Lord, I have always put you at my right hand. You are always before me. I am always constantly aware that your presence is right next to me, right in front of me. And you go before me. God wants to make his presence so, uh, so, 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 un how do I say this? God doesn't want us to be oblivious to his presence. He doesn't want us to be completely oblivious. Where is God? He wants us to be constantly fixed on his glory and that we would have such a connection that we could, like the psalmist, say, I've always set you at my right hand. He says this, is, this was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. Now, this is a very powerful revelation, but when God shows up to Ezekiel in Babylon, there's no coincidence that he's writing on these four living creatures. This is, this is such a phenomenal, under, this, this thing that he's trying to communicate to Ezekiel, who's lost in captivity, literally in exile. He's, he's a refugee in a refugee camp. And God has to show up and give him a revelation that is going to completely solidify in his heart that God is at work in the midst of all of this. When God shows up on the four living creatures and his throne is like a sea of glass above them, it says that they have beneath them a wheel within a wheel. It's a weird thing. Why a wheel within a wheel? These wheels are amazing. Well, if you're not familiar, God has created the heavens to be a display of his glory. On the fourth day when God created this sun, moon, and stars, it says he made them for times and for seasons. And that every star in heaven is pulled out of heaven for a time and a season. Something to display. And at some point, people began to group these together and begin to see these as images in the heavens. Right now we have, very, here you can see them more but than we can some in the south but uh, because of the cold. But when you, when you go up even further north and you can see as you're in the real cold, you can begin to see even further than just the, the groupings of stars. You can start to see the Milky Way and all of that type of stuff. Well, imagine over a thousand years ago that there was no light pollution, no artificial light literally contaminating people's vision from seeing this wonderful display of the stars in the heavens. This is how they actually understood everything. These stars it was like God's glory on display every night. What star was in the heavens? And you remember when the Magi come to see Jesus, it says that we have seen his star in the east. It wasn't that they just saw this big New Year's Eve ball 
coming down out of heaven. They literally saw a star. They had a trained eye, and they say, we know what the stars are telling us. Jesus, the Messiah, is here. We've seen his star in the east. Ho! Come on. I remember when I used to go to rainbow gatherings and talk to some strange people, but this was, these were hippies and all sorts of different spiritual you know, gurus and, and, and all, all, it's like shamans and all. I, I'd ask this one guy, hey, how did you get here? He goes, oh, I just charted the stars. I said, you did what? He said, yeah. I said, you mean you didn't get the information online as far as like the GPS location? He goes, no. I knew where you guys were going to meet because I saw it in the stars. I said, how far did you come? He says, I came from Europe. This is in Montana. I'm like, what? Wouldn't you like to be that sure of where you're going by just looking at the stars? You're like, oh, there it is. There, are, I have a problem with just street names. But here, Ezekiel is seeing something because God has created the heavens and put all of these stars in place to actually display the glory of God. Twelve constellations, literally, that circle the planet of the earth. And every day we see a different one. Every month we see a different one. And when Ezekiel sees this vision, God is not just riding on four living creatures. These are representations of the constellations. These are actually what they would understand as the Babylonian zodiac. Now, I'm not talking about astrology and trying to read your horoscope to find your date in life and mate in life, you know. That's all hogwash. Don't do that. But God actually put the stars in their place to be a display of the times and the seasons. And so when God comes riding in on these four living creatures, he's saying, I ride time unlike you. I ride time because I am the supreme ruler over all time. Every constellation represents to times and seasons. And so in the, in the Babylonian zodiac, which is not what we would go off of, and if they have a problem with that, Job 38 talks about the Maseroth, which is what we would call it. But when, they, when he sees this in Babylon, he sees God riding on what would be known as the four quadrants of the Babylonian zodiac. So he's saying to Ezekiel and all those captives, I'm in charge of time. You might be captive here by Babylon, but I have time captive to me. I ride it like a chariot. Beneath that, come on, are you hearing me? Listen, I want you to understand this because God is in charge of all time. He's in charge of your time. You might go, God, why is this happening to me? Because you're believing in fate, not in faith. When we have the fatalistic mindset, that's the conformity to this world. Fate is, oh, things are getting worse. Oh, why is this happening to me? When you have a fatalistic mindset, time happens to you rather than you moving through it. Are you hearing me? Come on. Fatalistic mindset says in, in order for all the things to be God, it has to be all right. But we, 
We are too, we're, we're thinking in two dimensions. We're, we're living like two-dimensional beings when God has called us to be 3D and 4D beings. He's going, you can't be a 2D man anymore. You mean stick figure? You have to think outside the parameters of time. God is in charge of time, and he's writing a story for Israel. And then he says, I saw a wheel within a wheel. This is a weird thing because you can get lost in translation. But actually, Ezekiel saw an advanced technology called an astrolabe. Now, we wouldn't know that today because none of us are seafarers. Anybody out, you know, trying to, you know, chart through the high seas here? No. Uh, But when they actually would chart the high seas, they would have what was called an astrolabe that they would use. And it was literally the most genius invention uh, of, of pretty much before the iPhone. I mean, it was like the thing that everybody used to chart time. You have to look this up, and this is not just a conspiracy. This is real. And so what they would do is they could measure with it time. They could measure the time of day. They can measure the length of the day. They can measure the length of the night. They can measure the length of the year. And so God says, I've got technology that you have no idea about. We don't think that heaven is full of technology, but I want you to know heaven is so full of technology. There's things in heaven that don't make Water is on fire there. We, listen, heaven is not like a throwback to ancient times. Heaven is actually an advanced civilization where no one is hungry. There's abundant living water. The water is alive. Think of it this way. You can communicate without moving your mouth. This is, I mean, we're, we have no idea what God has prepared for us. The Bible says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us by his spirit. But Paul says, when he was caught up to the third heaven, he says, I saw things that I can't even talk about. It would be inexpressible. It's inexpressible and unlawful for me to utter. Literally, it would break laws if I began to speak on what I saw in the heavenlies. This is what he said in 2 Corinthians 12. Listen, I want to tell you, heaven is going to be awesome. But guess what we're supposed to do? Bring heaven to earth. Bring heaven to earth. So what does he say while they're in captivity? They're carried off to Babylon. How do you deal with this? Does all, do all my needs get met even in captivity? Yes. And you might feel in this season that whether it's the situation with our government or the situation with our economy and all that type of stuff has kept you captive, I want you to know that God is in charge of all time. None of that stuff can control you. Come on. So what does he say? He says, When you're in Babylon, pray for their prosperity. And when the city prospers, then you will prosper also. You're called to bring the kingdom of God even in the darkest of times. God is the supreme ruler of all time. He's the authority over all time. And he says, I can navigate it like a captain on the high seas. He can go before you, and he can go behind you. He can literally come in behind you and literally clean up everything. 
Come on, that's a good word. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to believe this year that God is going to redeem your time. This is a year that not just you're going to get more done than ever before, you're going to get more done out of rest than ever before. This is a year where God is going to begin to give you multiplication miracles, not just addition, not just ones and zeros, but you're multiplying. This is a year where the supernatural begins to take effect of your life. This is a day when God begins to order your steps. This is a year where you're, you're literally divinely ordered that you're going to run into people because God has a divine appointment for you with them. You're going you're, you're gonna to meet people you never even thought you would meet before, and it's going to open up doors. Can you navigate it? Can you be ready for that? Come on. Here's what we need. Man, I feel it. This is a year where we need faith. We need the faith to move mountains. We need the faith to move mountains, just like God moves through time. We need the faith to speak to the mountain, be removed, be cast to sea, and it will be done for you. Come on, will you stand to your feet? This is a good word. Some of y'all are like, I'm going to have to listen to this again. I don't know what he just said. It's okay, because we're, we're not being conformed to the image of this world, but we're being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Have you ever had to have someone repeat something? You're like, wait, say that again. I heard you, but I didn't hear you. I heard you, but I didn't hear you. God's going to confirm his word. God is going to confirm his word. And he is going to begin to speak over us the redemption of our time. He's going to redeem our timeline. I don't know about you, but I want to live a very long life and look good living old, okay? I'm not talking about a, a long, old life and baggy and saggy. I want to be vibrant and life-giving. I want to be full of life. I'm going to be young like my wife. I want to be, I want to be full of goodness. And that, that requires I give my time to God because when I do, I get back time. Whoo, you hearing me? Listen, this is going to change your life. If you're tired of being tired, just raise your hand. <laughs> you, need you need redemption of time. That exhaustion you're feeling is because time is happening to you rather than you moving through time and faith. You should be Listen, how many slept eight hours last night and woke up still exhausted? <laughs> yeah, you have like a sleep hangover just, just from sleeping. It's because you're, you're literally needing to commit your time to the Lord. And what does he do? He renews your strength. Isaiah 40, 31, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and they will not faint. God, I thank you that this year, as I wait on you, that you're going to redeem my time. God, you're in charge of all things. Ho! Oh, he is beginning to show us things about the heavens. He's not letting us just be consumed with this world. He's, he's 
He's showing us heavenly patterns, heavenly things, and he's going, I'm speaking to you. Are you paying attention? God, give us eyes to see like the Magi, where we would see the star that they saw, where they could chart that star and go, Jesus, the Messiah, he's born here. God, I want to be able to see like they see. I want to be able to see like you see. What is it that I need to know in this season? Come on, just begin to pray for eyes to see. Eyes to see. God, thank you. Thank you for eyes to see. Woo. Hallelujah. I want to share this with you because this is so powerful. You go, man, how do I do this? What does this look like? You need to begin to speak to your time. Are you hearing me? How many are in a battle and you need God to do a miracle for you? Just raise your hand. If you need God to do a miracle for you, you need to speak to your time. You know what tells us in Joshua 10 that as they were battling, Israel was battling against an enemy army that Joshua spoke to time. He literally said to the sun, stand still. Moon, stand still. Sun, stand still. And it says in Joshua 10, and the Lord heard the voice of a man and made the sun stand still that day and the moon stand still. Ho! When I don't have enough time, I go, God, I speak over my time. Stand still. Be still. Stretch out my time and give me great victory. And it says that they had great victory as the Lord held the sun and the moon literally in its place and did not let it move. And the Lord heeded the voice of a man. God's going to heed your voice if you speak it this year. Come on. Faith is voice activated. I want you to lift up your voice right now and just start speaking over every situation that you're struggling with. You're going to say over it, God is redeeming you. God's not going to let you become a curse to me. God is going to redeem the situation. I'm going to begin to walk in my blessing this year. I'm going to begin to walk in the God's goodness this year. I'm not, I'm not going to be weary. I'm not going to faint. I'm going to be so full of energy this year. My life, my body, my, my mind, my soul, I'm going to be sharp. God, and I'm going to move like you move. I'm going to operate like you operate. I'm not going to be conformed to this world. I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I'm going, to, I'm going to step out of faith. Come on, this is a good word. Somebody needs to encourage himself in the Lord. If you're just sitting here going, man, I wish somebody would just encourage me. Encourage yourself. Speak it over yourself. Don't be a victim. God, I thank you that my life is in your hands. My time is in your hands. Ha! My, 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 all, everything about me is in you. God, I give myself to you. I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. I am more than a conqueror. Come on, somebody, you got to get up. Like when Jesus tells a man, stand up, rise up and walk, take up your mat. He didn't say be healed. He says, stand up and walk. Some of you, you've been waiting, God, when's the healing going to happen? And he says, stand up. Rise up, take up your mat and walk. 
Get up and begin to move into what God has for you in this season. God will, if all those things, those, those things, those conditions, listen, conditions are never going to be perfect. There's always going to be something happening that is going to contaminate your vision and try to literally stop and delay the trajectory of your life. Conditions don't, but guess what? You got the perfect God living inside of you. You could say, God, I thank you ah, that you've already calculated into the equation all of this mess. You already calculated it. It's like God is doing advanced math. He doesn't even, I mean, we're thinking, oh, it's got to be two plus. No, he's going, I got this. You got to, I got to figure it out. I know numbers you don't even know about. And so we're going to begin to speak that this year. God, you're going to begin to guarantee my abundance. You're going to guarantee my safety. You're going to guarantee my security. You're going to guarantee my destiny this year. I thank you. Lord, in that time would yield to me a harvest for all that I've invested. Lord, that I would begin to see a bumper crop harvest this year, a jubilee this year. And I want to prophesy over you that this is a jubilee year, that God would begin to forgive all debts. That this is a year that you're going to break free from the chains, the debts that have been held against you. And so I want you to receive that by faith. God, I receive the jubilee. I receive the jubilee. This is a jubilee year. In the jubilee year, he says, I'm going to give you such an abundance that you're not even going to have to work. You're going to rest. Ha. Come on, are you hearing me? This is why, listen, I, I need you to understand something. Why was Israel hated so much by, its, the, by the people outside, all the nations outside? Because every seven years they had to watch as Israel would just barbecue all day long, sing songs, not go to work, and God would provide for them. How many want to have that kind of life? You're like, thank you, Jesus. I received the Jubilee. I received the Jubilee. You'll be the jealousy of nations when you receive the Jubilee. You'll be the envy of nations. People will go, whoa, who is that? How do they do that? What's well, the grace of God? It's the grace of God. Come on. Lord, I thank you for that Jubilee year. Just pull it into you right now. Just pull it into you. Don't give up on this word. Pull it into you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Kathy, I feel this is a jubilee for you and this season that God is going to give you an equipping word for the body of Christ, and you're going to equip them in the rest of God. You're going to equip them in how to move into the grace of God, and you're going to equip them on how to carry the anointing outside the four walls because the rain that came down literally moved you outside the four walls of the church. And in the same way, there's going to be a heavy rain upon you that's going to move you beyond the four walls of even your own congregation. You're going to go beyond the boundaries of the walls and the limitations that have been set against you in the past season because you're going to move out beyond what you've seen and known. You're going to move out beyond the four walls, and the well is going to be blessed because of your movement 
because of what you do as you step out beyond the four walls and you go to this city and you go to that city and you go to this church and that conference and this event. God is going to put his anointing upon you and he's going to give you a voice to speak. It's going to be his word. It's going to be like a fire as it moves forth from your mouth, you're going to speak it, and people are going to feel the cleansing. It's going to be the cleansing. God's going to begin to move through you in this way. And so you've been through the purification process. You've been through that Esther season. You've been through that time of soaking and saturating in the, in the sufferings of Jesus. But God is going to begin to place upon you a mantle in this time to get out beyond the four walls of the church. He's saying heavy rain is coming upon you. And get ready because it's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Woo! That's an expensive word. But he's saying, I want to give it to you. It's going to cost. But he says it's going to bring back much fruit. It's going to bring back much fruit. Lord, we thank you for the fruit over this house. Honey, would you just lay your hands on her? We thank you for the fruit on this house. We thank you. Woo. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, I, I want you to hear this in the right word, in the right way. You know, some people have gone out, but God's just giving you a break from those people. Okay? God's giving you a break. Okay? <laughs> That's a good word, okay? Some people you just need a break from. You're like, I just need a, a break. Can we just pause here? Okay? But don't worry, God's going to bring them back around and it's going to come with sevenfold restoration. And so, Lord, we just prophesy that right now in Jesus' name. Let it come to this house. <laughs> so good. Come on. Hey, all those that are on the worship team and all those that are on any level of leadership, I want you to come up to the front right here. Just line up on this yellow line right across. This is very easy. <laughs> okay. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Lord. Diane, I just see the kingdom of God invading you on a whole nother level. And God is going to give you an understanding of the mesh of all the gifts and the talents that you carry and converge them into their proper time. You're going to begin to see the purpose of God under heaven and begin to set you into a place where you can begin to minister his word. You can begin to operate out of the kingdom of God. And I see intercessors around you. I see people coming around you, and they're lifting the, your hands up. They've been lifting your arms up, and they've been saying, as you worship, you're going to get the victory. And so this year, I prophesy victory over you. Lord, let it come. Let it come. And I feel like the Lord is turning the bitter water sweet like where there's a, the, when there's a bitterness in a, our stomach, like the pit of our stomach, God's saying he's turning it sweet in this season. And you're going to taste and see that the Lord is good. God's goodness is going to overshadow you. Father, I just speak it right now in Jesus' name. Come on. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to lay hands, and I want you to 
Come with me, babe. I want you to put your hands forward to this team. This is an amazing team. You know that every week they have to set up here. I did this for years, and I want to tell you I'm not going to ever do it again. But I, w- I, w- I, I so honor this team and their commitment to serve you. And you should honor this team as well because their, their commitment to serve you is it, it's sometimes often very unrewarding. You just like you don't know what you're doing, whether you're doing it right or wrong, whatever. You just go, God, I trust you that somehow this is serving. These people are committed their life to this. I love it. And so, Lord, we just thank you for the anointing that rests upon them. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. Oh, I need a catcher. Me, a strong woman. Lord, release it right now in Jesus' name. <laughs> Lift your hands because the anointing's on you. Father, right now, release that anointing. God, I just speak it. Gifts. Lord, let the prophetic gifts begin to flow through her. Visions and dreams, prophecies. Lord, words of knowledge, in the name of Jesus, let it come. Let it come. Lord, for Kathy, as you pour out on her, give her the grace of an upgrade. Lord, that on flights that she would take, she would get upgrades. Lord, that you would begin to give her first class. Lord, that you would speak to her. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Just like your dream that you shared last night about the, the car and the business books that said, God's going to give you business class, first class. Father, just begin to give it to her right now in Jesus' name. It's the upgrade. He's saying, come out of coach. Come up. He's going to take you higher. He's going to take you higher. Woo, thank you for that right now, Lord. Thank you for that right now. Lord, I just speak a release of the supernatural signs and wonders that as they operate through her, they would glorify you. Miracles would come. In Jesus' name, I see a realm of miracles around you, a realm of healing, and that God would begin to use you in a demonstration of his spirit and power. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, for Matthew, at this time, God, we thank you that he's getting renewed vision. Woo, I just felt like both of you all went to some place together this morning that you haven't been before. And that God is saying, come up higher. I'm going to take you up to the top of the mountain. I'm going to show you things that are going to shortly take place after this. I'm going to give you a download of prophetic visions, and you're going to begin to see mysteries of God concerning nations. So, Lord, release upon him this gift, this mantle, this anointing for the nations, Lord, to speak the harvest into its place. In Jesus' name. For Rachel, right now, release upon her... I see God beginning to give you an authority in your worship that is going to recalibrate God's people back to the sound of God, back to the timing of God, back to the voice of God, and that in that place of worship, downloads are going to happen, not just for the people, but for you. You're going to have ideas. 
You're going to have concepts and you're going to begin to have even prophetic words that are going to flow forth from you. I see you calling people out. I see as they're, they're called out, you're going to give them their name. You're going to give them their, the dates. You're going to begin to speak over them prophetically. And God is going to begin to open up their eyes as he's opening up yours. Woo, Jesus. We speak complete healing and restoration over her body from the top of her head down the soles of her feet, and that God would give you the spirit of a sound mind, renewed in your mind, renewed in every way, in Jesus' name. Come on, celebrate God with me. Thank you, Lord, that his heart is completely yours. Lord, I just see a spirit of David upon him. Lord, that he would faithfully follow you with all of his heart and everything in him says yes to every word you speak. Because of that, God, establish him and give him the sure promises of David. Lord, give him the sure promises of David. Lord, even as you raise him up as a witness to the people, give him the anointing of the sure promises of David out of Isaiah 22. Lord, make him a leader and cause him to begin to move with your grace in Jesus' name. Lord, for my brother, I thank you for the redemption of all time. The redemption of every moment in his life is coming right now. It's culminating into this moment right here. And I speak over your past. Be redeemed in Jesus' name. And now move forward boldly into your future. God has plans for you that he's going to show you this year. As you draw near to him, you're going to begin to have open vision about the plans of God, the blueprint that God has given you. It's the, it's the design. And he's called you to be an architect of the things of God. Begin to operate out of the, the genius of God. Lord, we just speak that over him in Jesus' name. Let it come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for my brother, Lord. Open up his eyes and give him a clarity where there has been confusion. Lord, give him an abundance where there has been lack. And this year, I just speak it over you that you're going to begin to see a bread basket of abundance given to you. And God's saying that provision is upon you. And so get ready for upgrades, promotions, and advancement in this year. And he's saying you're going to literally surpass those who are above you. And you're going to step into places of influence and authority within the workplace. And you're going to begin to get upgrades of provision in that place. And God's saying that he's going to cause a favor to be upon you because you're going to find something that no one else was looking for. So, Lord, give it to him in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, for my brother, give him a new anointing, a fresh anointing. Refresh his heart, refresh his spirit. I see the Lord, he's removing even the, 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 the armor that has been placed upon you in past seasons. He's removing the spiritual 
armor the, the, of, of spiritual leadership that try to place something upon you, but like David where he said, no, nah, all I need is this slingshot and I'm good. I've got God. And God's saying that he's put you in a place where, yes, you can honor the, 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 your lineage, and yes, you can honor those who have gone on before you, but you're stepping out in a new way. You're stepping out in a new way. You have a good inheritance. You have a spiritual inheritance. And I see the Lord has placed upon you that pastoral inheritance, but he's saying that this is a new day. And you're going to begin to get an open vision, an eye to see the new day that he's called you into. Woo, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, for my sister, place upon her an anointing in this season that breaks every heavy yoke. A spirit of deliverance is coming upon you. And everything that has been carrying you, weighing you down, literally oppressing you, and God says that's coming off of you right now. And you're going to set the captives free. You're going to set the captives free. You're going to operate out of a spirit of deliverance in this time and in this season. He says, come over to the other side. Cross over. Because something's waiting for you. God's waiting for you in that place. And you're going to begin to see a spirit of power and might move through you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you order her steps. God's not going to abandon you. He's ordered your steps. He's not abandoned you. He set you in the right place. The door is open. This is a season where he's opening the door. The door is open. And he's saying, go, go through, go through the door. Don't hold back. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. He's prepared a table for you. He's prepared a table for you. So, Lord, use her in deliverance. Lord, to set the captives free in Jesus' name. Lord, I bless my brother and I bless his voice. God, I just break off of him everything that's been holding his voice back in Jesus' name. And I speak a freedom over him to begin to move into the things of the Spirit of God. Lord, as you're training him and equipping him in the things of the Spirit of God, and he said yes to you, You'll be blessed in the house, and you'll be blessed out of the house. And God's, he's put this king-priest anointing upon you that you can begin to move in the things of God outside the four walls and inside. And you're going to help people. God's going to give you great battles, but he's going to give you great victories. And he's going to show himself strong through you. Father, do it right now. Your voice is your breakthrough. So this year, God opened up his eyes to see and his mouth to speak, his ears to hear in Jesus' name. Whew. Lord, thank you for my sister. New things are coming. New, I see it. God's saying over you that the spirit of sorrow and sighing is coming off of you and that the joy of the Lord is coming upon you. And you're going to begin to see the blessing of the Lord. Where you've wept, there's a blessing. Where you shed tears, there's a blessing. Because God has kept all your tears in a bottle. And he's saying they're going to be poured out in this time like miracles and miracles and miracles and miracles. 
Father, do miracles right now. Release them right now in Jesus' name. Woo. I feel like God's saying over you that you need a miracle and that he's beginning to heal you. Even in your back, up and down, I see the healing hand of God coming upon you from the trauma and the break. And so, Lord, heal her right now in Jesus' name. Every tension, every pain, and every impingement, go. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the healing. In Jesus' name. Lord, from my brother, give him the open door. Lord, that he would see the open door like the Revelation 4, one door. As it opens, God, show him by the Spirit of the living God the heavenly beings that have surrounded him. Lord, that he would begin to operate out of the realm of angels. Lord, that he would begin to see. I, I, could, I, I literally smell ozone right now. And it's like the Lord saying, come up into the atmosphere of heaven. Lord, so release it right now in Jesus' name. Release it right now in Jesus' name. Did you guys, do you guys have fog machines? Okay, I was like, wow. It hasn't been running? Okay. Okay. Well, I, I, next time, keep it on. I like to, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's an awesome effect. <laughs> Father, bring him up into the higher place. Lord, the atmosphere of heaven where he can eat and drink of your goodness in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. As my brother steps out into this new thing this year, God, and the things that you've called him into, Lord, I ask that you would expand him to the right and to the left. Lord, that this would be a season of expansion and that he would be in a season where he could acquire new things, new locations, new regions, new territories, Father. And Lord, you would multiply him and his family. God, give him I see it out of this well. It's like you ever bid to a wishing well? You know, you throw in a quarter and you're like, God, thank you. I, I, I don't, listen, I don't make a wish, but I do pray. And I, I believe that this year God is going to grant your prayer. Out of this well that you've sown into, God is going to grant your prayer. Your prayer is going to come. It's going to be a time of answered prayer. Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name. Lord, for my sister, fill her up, God. Energize her spirit. The riches of abundance. Give it to her, Lord. And Father, I thank you for the jubilee that is coming upon her. The jubilee effect. Lord, that you're going to forgive every debt. You're going to move her beyond the things that she's been working against, Lord, and the things that, that have accumulated upon her plate. And so the Lord says, I'm, I'm cleaning house. I'm cleansing the debt. I'm removing it. And he's beginning to give you a jubilee. So at this time, I just speak that over you. 
things seem impossible and they seem like, where do I go? There's no way forward. But the Lord's saying, you're about to move in an accelerated rate into your future. You've been hauling all of this. You've been literally carrying it all. You've been hauling it. And God's saying that you're going to be free and you're going to be moving so fast. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I see him touching your feet and bringing healing to your feet. And he's saying, just like the healing on your feet, you're going to be moving and stepping into a new territory, but it's going to be not uncomfortable. It's going to be comfortable in this time. And he's saying that the balls and the joints of your feet are being healed up. And now at this time, you're going to be walking as if you're walking on clouds. So, Father, release it right now to her in Jesus' name. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Someone in your family is about to get a healing. And I see it in their, even in their skin. And the Lord is speaking over them. You're going to see their complexion change even in their skin. And I see God is going to, he's like rearranging some stuff with their face and beginning to heal them. And so, Lord, release that right now into her family in Jesus' name. Thank you for my sister, Lord. The doors are open for you. And I see God just, there's been a stretching going on. There's been a stretching. And it's like, oh my goodness, how much more can I be stretched? But he's enlarging your heart. He's enlarging your, your capacity. He's stretching out your place of dwelling. And he's saying, I'm going to begin to enlarge your space. In that place, you're going to begin to see the heart of God. For so many people, as you're going to begin to shelter them and bring them into the shelter out of the storm. Father, I speak over her. Give her a shelter. The shelter of the Most High. Give her that, Lord. In Jesus' name. Where so many people could come and be healed and taken care of and be made whole. Thank you, Father, for that. In Jesus' name. Wow, more, Lord, more, Lord. God is in this place. Come on, just reach up and get a word right now. God is in this place. Here's what I'm going to do. Every one of the ministry team, except Kathy and, the, and, and, and whoever else, but I want you to stand up here because if you want prayer and you want impartation, come up and receive from this team. Listen, all those on the leadership team, I just prayed for you. Just stand up here and pray for these people because I want to see that happen. I want to see God move on them. So come on up because I believe a miracle is going to take place in your life. Receive a prayer. Receive an anointing. Receive a miracle. Are you ready for this? Ha! Kathy, I have had fun here. I know I went past y'all's normal time, okay? But guess what? The restaurants are still open, okay? Mud Penny's still there. Ain't going nowhere. It's multiplying this year. Father, do it in Jesus' name. Multiply it, Lord. 
in the name of Jesus, increase him and the place of his reach in every way. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Whoa. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. I just see this year even, God is going to put you in, it's almost like he's going to publish your face. He's going to publish your face. And so, Father, as he's beginning to carve out a path for so many in the entrepreneurial space, Lord, begin to publish him in a new way as there's a public acknowledgement that's going to happen about the gift of God on your life. Thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Woo! Ha! Come on, isn't God good? All right, it's January 2. We got 363 more days to go. So go out of there and kick some devil butt. Come on. This is a good year to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you were impacted by this message. For more information about The Well Grand Rapids, please visit our website at www.thewellgr.com.